Good morning, Embrace. Nice to see you all this morning. My name is Laban. I'm the worship leader here at the church. I invite you to stand with us. Let's join in this call to worship together. I invite you to stand. O oh Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you. As the day rises to meet the sun, glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall
Amen. I invite you to join in this confession together. We know that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Let us in freedom confess the wrong we have done. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. I invite you right now, we're going to take a time of sharing gratitude and laments with one another. And so you can look to someone kind of in your vicinity, and we're just going to take a few minutes to share something with, with one another. It could be something great that's going on in your life, something that's happened this past week. It could be something that you are lamenting, something that's difficult, something you see that is wrong in the world. Um, but let's lift those up together. Feel free to share with someone around you. If you don't know what to say, you can just say thank you for sharing in response to whatever someone has to say. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, join in talking with one another.
like socks, itch, tickle, whatever, pants, like you just can't. Which, that was totally me as a little kid. I, I get it. I think every Sunday was hard for my family to get out. So I We'll take just a few more seconds here to wrap up before we start singing. I invite you to stand with us. Let's sing promises together. God of covenant, of faithful promises, and time and time again, you have proven that you do just what you say. away your word remains the same your history can prove there's nothing you can't do you're faithful and true Setting same, I will praise your 
great is your faithfulness to me because i put my faith in jesus oh my anchor to the ground oh my hope and firm foundation he'll never let me down oh i put my faith in jesus Oh, my anchor to the ground, oh, my hope and firm foundation, he'll never let me down. Great is your faithfulness to me, great is your faithfulness to the rising sun to the setting same I will praise your name great is your faithfulness to me great is your faithfulness to me great is your faithfulness the rising sun from the rising sun to the setting same i will praise your name great is your faithfulness to me God is my shepherd, won't be wanting, I won't be wanting. He makes me rest in fields of green with quiet streams. And even though I walk, through the valley of death and dying I will not fear for you are with me you are with me your shepherd staff it comforts me you are my feast in the presence of enemies and surely goodness will follow me will follow me in the house of god forever is my 
Shepherd's staff, it comforts me. You are my feast in the presence of enemies. Surely goodness will follow me, will follow me in the house of God forever. House of God forever. Your shepherd's staff, it comforts me. You are my feast in the presence of enemies. And surely goodness will follow me. Follow me in the house of God forever. In the house of God forever. In the house of God forever. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. So what I'd like to do now is uh, we're going to dismiss our children for their time of learning in the Wonder Room. So if you are a parent and you have a child who's four years old all the way up through fifth grade in elementary school, then they're invited to go up to our Wonder Room and have their own time of learning. If you have never been up there before, if you're a new parent uh, who has a child in that age range today, then I would invite you to walk up with them. And then you can make sure you get the appropriate form filled out and make sure they're checked in and, uh, and accounted for up there. And so that would be great. Let's give our kids a hand as they come up to the front. As they're heading out, I'm going to go ahead and share one announcement. And then I'm going to invite uh, Sarah Trapp to come forward. And she's going to give an announcement as well. Um, the thing that I would like to share this week is just that there's no youth group uh, this week for our middle school and high school students with the holiday. You probably, many of you assumed that, but just wanted to make sure that that was uh, spelled out, that there will be no youth group for our middle school and high school students this week, but they'll be back on the week after that. And so is Sarah in here? There she is. I'm going to invite Sarah to come on up. Let's give Sarah a hand as she comes to the front.
Okay, I would love to invite the rest of our Staff Parish Relations Committee team to come up to the front also. Where are they at? Let's give them a hand, too, as they come up. Sarah's going to tell you a little bit about what this team does um, and kind of what they are here for. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Sarah. Thanks. Good morning, church. Uh, so I know that a lot of us might not know exactly what the SPRC is, what it does, or what the purpose is. And so I just thought I'd take a few minutes to explain what the SPRC is to you all. Um, so the SPRC stands for the Staff Parish Relationship Committee a relations committee, just a committee here at our church. Um, there's four of us on it. So there's me, Leandra, Liz, and then Taylor Newsom, who isn't in here right now, um, but also plays a really important part of the team. So the SPRC exists to support our pastors and staff, support our congregation, and then be like a bridge between the pastors and the congregation. Um, so just helping to build strong relationships between our pastors, staff, and all of our people here at Embrace. And so while the SPRC like, is actively working to support our pastors and staff, I just wanted you all to know that the SPRC is also here to support our congregants. Um, so as an Embrace congregant, if you ever have an idea, a hope, a concern, feel free to just grab one of us in church, or we created an email for you all. It's really easy. It's sprc at embraceyourcity.com, um, and you can just email that email, too, if you ever have an idea or anything like that. Um, if it's like a confidential matter, we're all held to a level of confidentiality, so know that that will be respected, too. Just make sure you mention, like, in your email that this is a confidential matter. Um, yeah, that's really all that I wanted to say. I wanted to see our faces, know who we are. Thanks. Thank you, Sarah and uh, Leandra and Liz and Taylor as well for being a part of that committee. We have two other committees at our church. We have a finance committee and we also have the trustees. Um, and they all are a part of our lead team as well, which kind of is our lay leadership that provides direction and vision and mission for our congregation. We just had a really wonderful time of strategic planning yesterday. And thank you all for those of you who filled out the survey that we sent out and gave us some really good feedback um, about kind of where you all are at and things that you love about our church and ideas you may have on how we can continue to do better. And so we had a lot of really good discussion yesterday. And so hopefully in the upcoming weeks and months, we'll be able to kind of share with you some of uh, what our hopes and dreams are for the next uh, five years or so as we continue to move forward as a congregation. So uh, uh, we're just so grateful for all of you. We have so many lay leaders, so many people who just continue to, to dig in, and, and, and so many of you all are involved in so many different ministries here at this church, and we can't do it without you. So thank you so much. Um, what we're going to do now is we're going to have our time of prayer that we've been uh, doing each week, and it's been one of my favorite things we've done over the last few weeks is just spending some moments in quiet and silence, um, praying together as a congregation, and, and also saying the Lord's Prayer. And so today, um, after we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're going to sing a song together, um, and it's going to just flow right out from our prayer time. And so if you come and kneel with me at the altar, you're welcome to stay at the altar kneeling during that song, or you can just head back to your seat if you would prefer to do that. Um, but I'm going to kneel here at the altar, and like I say each week, if you would like to join me at the altar um, if you appreciate that kind of posture of, pray, of kneeling while you pray, then the altar is available for you to do that and join me up front. Um, you're also welcome to, 
to kneel or to stand or whatever works for you um, in whatever way you need to, to position yourself to connect with God. We'll have a moment of silence where you can just prepare yourself. Maybe your kids just headed out and, and you need a chance just to decompress a bit. Um, you'll have a chance just for some silence and, and just sitting in God's presence in silence. And then I'll pray on behalf of us. Then we'll do the Lord's Prayer. Pay attention to the words on the screen as we do the Lord's Prayer. And then after that, we'll sing a song. So um, I'm going to kneel. If anybody would like to join me, you're invited to, to come up and do that now. Often when I enter into a time of prayer and silence and solitude, I like to begin just by focusing on my breathing. Breathing in, breathing out. The breath that fills my lungs always reminds me of God's eternal spirit that lives and moves all around us, lives inside of each of us, giving us life and creativity and inspiration and courage, and all the things that we need to survive. God, we are just so grateful to be here today. What a, an honor and a gift it is to come together with other just wonderful people to connect and to be encouraged and to talk about the hard things and the, and the beautiful things. What a gift it is to come and sing songs together to lift your praises. God, this morning, I, I just want to say that you are mighty, you are powerful, you are good. And we just want to acknowledge that, Lord, that you are so big and so awesome. And God, sometimes we need to be reminded of how big you really are, that you are the God who, who is always greater, the God who is always greater than, than any mighty force of evil that we see moving around us. 
God, sometimes we need to be reminded as we sing your praises that, that you have a plan, that, that you are, are moving towards something, that you are, are moving us and working with us to, to see a new world, uh, to see a recreated world that is beautiful, that is good, that is peaceable, that is it's full of love and compassion. And God, we long for that day. Lord, each of us come into this space with so much. We come with lots of gratitude and joy, and we come with lots of pain and heartache. Some of us may feel just very joyful, and some of us may feel mostly heartache and pain today. And we come to you as ourselves, just asking, Lord, that that you would meet us, that you would be among us, that you would speak to us what we need to hear, that you would do a work in our hearts and lives today. Lord, today as I am thinking of what we need to lift up in prayer, I just have a hard time each week even knowing where to begin because there is so much. I think it's on my heart today is all the the illness that is going around our community and, and for the families that are suffering from just recurring sicknesses that continue to pop up among all the different members of the family. We have whole families that are at home now today even very sick and discouraged and tired. And we pray that you would encourage them, that you would heal them. God, we pray that you would help us all to continue to do what we can to keep ourselves and, and one another healthy as we enter into this winter season uh, of cold and of probably more uh, illness as we just move into the upcoming months and holidays. Also on my mind this morning that has been on my mind for many weeks is just the continued violence that we continue to see and experience right here in our own local community all the way out across Kentucky and, and the nation and, and to the ends of the earth. God, I particularly am just feeling heavy-hearted for the shooting in Colorado Springs at the Club Q. We pray, Lord, uh, for the people that were impacted by that event, uh, that tragedy, um, for the, the five people that I know of that were killed and the many others that were injured, Lord. We pray for their families, for their friends, for those who had to witness that awful tragedy and those who will be impacted by that tragedy, particularly those who are part of the LGBTQ community. And once again, seeing um, what is likely to be another crime of hate against people that you love so, so much. God, we need you so much. We need you to come. We need you to make things right. God, we long for that day when you will return. And you will wipe every tear from every eye, that you will heal all the traumas that we face, that you will reconcile people to one another who have been set apart from one another, that we will see true peace and justice in all of our communities, all across our world. And we long for that day. And Lord, I pray that you would give us courage to open our eyes and open our lives to you so that we can partner with you in your work to see this world redeemed and set right and made whole. Help us to have courage 
to continue to, to march forward along with your Holy Spirit and all your people. To be really a, an image, a, a representation, a, a kind of a sign of, of what we hope to experience in eternity. Just the eternal goodness and love and peace and justice that you are working towards now. Lord, be with us today. Help us to experience, God, your just incredible love and grace that you have for us as we continue our time together in worship. And now we can all join together and pray this prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray and that we have been praying uh, ever since as God's people. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Suffering God, our wounded healer, lonely there upon the cross, crowned with thorns, now crowned with glory, reigning at the Father's side. Thou once rejected, Lamb of God, our sacrifice. You came and died for our forgiveness, rose again to bring us life. transgressions bruised for our iniquities you bought our peace and brought our healing now eternally we sing now eternally we
So today we come to the end of our year with Jesus that we've been really, uh, I've been enjoying uh, since the beginning of the year. We've spent the entire year kind of focusing um, on the gospel readings from the Revised Common Lectionary all the way going back to January. And the neat thing, we've been in year C of the Revised Common Lectionary, and all, almost all the readings come from one particular book in the Bible, and that's been the Gospel of Luke. And so we've dug into the Gospel of Luke over the last year, and we've really set under the teaching an example of Jesus, and we've been, I've been at least challenged um, and inspired and, and really driven uh, to take Jesus even more seriously than ever and follow, and seek to follow his example that he laid out for us. And it's been um, really a, a transformational uh, process uh, for me to continue to study these scriptures and dig into the Gospels um, each and every week. So earlier in the year, we, we started out our year with Jesus, um, really looking at Jesus' first words that he spoke in his public ministry. So when Jesus was an adult, he had kind of gone out into the wilderness and he had gone on this kind of vision quest of sorts and was out there and he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness and he overcome the temptations and then he came out of the wilderness with clarity and vision and purpose and he really knew exactly what he had been called to do. Jesus knew exactly what his mission was and he knew exactly who he was going to be in and for our world. And so when he got out of the wilderness, he went to his hometown in Nazareth and showed up to the synagogue. And in Luke chapter 4, we read what happens. He opened a scroll in the middle of their service, and he chose his passage carefully. They had asked the hometown boy to read that day. They were probably excited to hear what he was going to say. And he found the verse that he wanted to read, and this verse that he found really reveals his heart and his vision and his purpose. And he reads from the book of Isaiah. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. These words, I believe, reveal Jesus' heart, his mission, and his purpose. This was Jesus' first sermon. And it was maybe one of the shortest sermons that we've ever heard. But it was probably the most important. Because I believe, as I said back in January, that this sermon reveals the beating heart of the gospel. This is what the gospel is about. The beating heart of the gospel is good news for the poor, it is release for the imprisoned. It is sight for those who cannot see. It is freedom for the oppressed and jubilee for all. That's what the year of the Lord's favor is. It's redistribution of wealth and resources so that every single person has enough. That's what Jesus was about. And during our year with Jesus, like it's interesting how Luke lays out his gospel because every single week, we have heard the beating heart of the gospel pounding each and every week as we've read these stories about Jesus. I, you know, I got to the point, I'm like, my sermons are sounding very similar every week. 
And it's because Jesus and Luke is very repetitive. The stories are very repetitive because they're telling the same thing over and over. Every week, it's good news for the poor. Every week, we're, we're seeing release for those in bondage. Every week, we're seeing fresh vision for those who cannot see. Every week, we're seeing freedom for those who are oppressed. Every week, we're seeing Jesus reiterating that we need to share so that everybody has enough. You know, Jesus, he didn't just preach sermons. He lived out sermons. There's a big difference. <laughs> he embodied his message. He didn't just say words. He lived them out. He embodied the gospel by the way he lived his life. If you want to know what God is about, Jesus embodied God's desire and heart for the world in the way he lived his life. And so you don't have to just listen to what he said, but you can actually watch him and learn from him and do what Jesus did. Like I said, Luke is very repetitive in the gospel of Luke. He, he is very repetitive in the way he tells the story of Jesus. He keeps hammering home the heartbeat of the gospel in almost every single story. And perhaps Luke knew something that he needed to show, perhaps beyond a shadow of a doubt, that Jesus stood in solidarity with those who suffered. If you didn't believe it after the first story, then Luke's got dozens and dozens more stories and teachings to show you what Jesus was all about. He was about good news for the poor. He was about release and freedom for those who are in bondage. He was about sight for those who cannot see. Freedom for the oppressed. Flourishing for everyone. You know, I'm grateful for Luke's gospel mainly for this reason. Because more than any of the gospels, Luke really hones in on this heartbeat of the gospel. He doesn't let us off the hook. He doesn't allow us to turn Jesus into someone who props up the powerful or makes us wealthy or allows us to live comfortable while ignoring the suffering of those around us. Luke doesn't let us turn Jesus into like a cool, hip, popular guru who's just there to like be your life coach and help you live the best life. Luke presents Jesus in all his grittiness for who he was and for who he is today. If you actually read and study Luke's gospel, then there is no way to ignore the obvious fact that Jesus stood with those on the margins, he saw them in their suffering, and he offered them a path to freedom. I wonder if Luke feared that the gospel could be twisted and manipulated by those in more powerful and privileged places. Perhaps Luke feared that the inclusive gospel could become an exclusive club that wasn't open to everyone. So I'm going to tell them every story about Jesus reaching out to the people that they've tried to exclude. Or maybe he was concerned that the gospel of love could become judgmental and harsh and mean. Or maybe he was concerned that the peacemaker Jesus could be turned into a supporter of violent uprising or war. Maybe he feared that the poor would be excluded and, and treated as inferior. And so he told story after story after story that showed Jesus standing with those who suffer, advocating for the oppressed, and loving the people that society often discards. And this is why I keep bringing us back to the person of Jesus that we discover in the Gospels. You know, often we talk a lot about Jesus. Sometimes we even worship the Christ while ignoring the person of Jesus. 
I'm not as interested these days, uh, and some days I am, but I'm not as interested right now in talking about Jesus or reading story or reading uh, people's takes on who Jesus was. I haven't been as interested in the letters in the New Testament in the last couple of years, though they're just as important. But I've really wanted to focus in the Gospels and look at what Jesus actually said, how Jesus actually lived, because I think we need the person of Jesus right now. We need a model. We need an example of how we ought to live our lives and how we ought to respond to the things that we're seeing all around us, the crises upon crises that we're facing all around us in our world. And I believe Jesus has a model, he has a path, he has a way that he can lead us to follow, that will lead us to life, that will lead us to freedom, and that will lead us to something beautiful and way better than what we're seeing right now in our world. You may not know this, uh, but today is a Christian holiday or a Christian feast day, and it has a name uh, called Christ the King Sunday or the Reign of Christ Sunday. This is a day uh, when Christians celebrate and declare that Jesus is king. Jesus is the ruler of my life. Jesus is the ruler of his church. And Jesus will one day, we acknowledge and we believe, will come here and establish his rule and reign on earth forever. And while we wait for that day, we live now as if Jesus is king. We serve and we honor and we follow Jesus. You know, some people argue we shouldn't celebrate Christ the King Sunday, um, and I agree with their argument that the word king is a little bit problematic, because it often brings to mind inequity, patriarchy, violence, too much wealth in the hands of a few people on top. We've seen far too many examples of earthly kings and kingdoms claiming divine authority to perpetuate a massive amount of evil in our world. That is all true. Though I do want to point out that the point of the holiday really is to point us to Jesus as king and remind us that God never intended to have kings here on earth in the first place. Many Christian holidays have actually been around for a long time, uh, but this one in particular, Christ the King Day, has not been around for all that long. Uh, Many Christian holidays originated way back in the early church thousands of years ago. However, Christ the King Sunday is only about 100 years old. It became an official feast day in the church um, in 1925. Pope Pius XI looked around and was gravely concerned about what he was seeing, particularly the rise of fascism, the beginning kind of stages of Nazism, and the prominence of Christian nationalism in Europe. And so Christ the King Sunday was an effort for him to institute this holiday as a reminder that Christians pledge their allegiance to Jesus, not to Mussolini or any other earthly power or leader. Now, I'm not sure that the Pope's goal was achieved because it seems that Christians have both before and after 1925 still been very confused about kingship and continue to fight for power over others and claim that God has ordained kind of their battles and their fights for their team. I believe the way we combat this is to relentlessly go back to the person of Jesus. Because if we could relentlessly go back to the person of Jesus in the Gospels, then we will continue to be reminded of what God really stands for 
and what true kingship, if we're thinking of biblical kingship, really is about. We will be reminded that Jesus of the New Testament is our king. That Jesus who is king, who sits on the throne, who is the same Jesus who lived and walked among us here on earth. I love the story of the ascension because what you find in the ascension is Jesus, before he left us, in bodily form, went up into heaven. And we believe that Jesus, that same Jesus, still is sitting on the throne. I don't believe Jesus magically turned into some fantasy novel version of Jesus. You know, that has big muscles and a sword and riding shirtless on a horse. King Jesus is the same Jesus that we read about in the Gospel of Luke. The same Jesus who loved the least, healed people of sickness and loneliness, spent time with the outcast, forgave criminals, and set the oppressed free. That is the Jesus that we serve. That is the King that we serve. The lectionary text for today that I'm about to read for you in a moment, on the surface, could be viewed as a strange uh, selection for Christ the King Sunday. The text that, that we are given for today is Luke's description of the crucifixion. Now, when I think of a king, I don't think of a powerless victim on a cross. If we're going to declare Jesus as king, I wonder, should we pick a, a section maybe about Jesus' resurrection, right? Because that's power. That that's feels like a king to me. Or maybe a text about an awesome miracle that Jesus did, like feeding the 5,000, uh, because that's a, that's a cool thing right there. Or maybe a text where Jesus silences his critics and makes them just look foolish. No, for Christ the King Sunday, we have a text describing Jesus on the cross, being mocked, being ridiculed, suffering, lonely, and weak. Jesus isn't like the kings and queens of this world. I want to read from Luke chapter 23, and these are, these are heavy verses. These are the moments where Jesus was on the cross. These are the last moments of Jesus' life as described in the Gospel of Luke. So I'm going to be reading from verses 33 through 43. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified Jesus there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. They divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood there watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So in this passage, the Romans put a sign above Jesus that read the King of the Jews. 
This was meant to be mockery, making fun of Jesus and the Jewish people. This was also meant to be a warning for anyone who claimed to be king because Caesar was king in the Roman Empire. Little did they know Jesus had more power than Caesar or any other ruler ever to live because his power was rooted in holy and perfect love. The thing that really strikes me about this passage is that when Jesus was on the cross, at the very last and painful moments of his life, he was still being Jesus, right up to the moment of his death. He was crucified between two criminals, further, further, just hammering home that point, the beating heart of the gospel. He's there in solidarity with two criminals. Even as he endured immense suffering and pain, he saw these two men and he loved them. One of the men needed something from Jesus. He needed care. He needed encouragement. He needed a reassurance, a word of hope, a word of peace as he was facing the most excruciating pain of his life. Jesus was also experiencing that pain and still saw this man and cared for him and spoke a word of life to this criminal the last moments before he died. I want you all to think about this. Jesus' final act before he died was to show compassion and offer redemption to a criminal facing execution. This is the type of king we serve. I heard Shane Claiborne speak about the death penalty a few years ago. And the the most disturbing thing that he shared in his talk was that 85% of executions in America have happened in the Bible Belt. In places where there are the most Christians, the death penalty is the most prevalent. The biggest supporter in America of capital punishment are Christians. If the Jesus of Luke's gospel is our king, then how can we support the death-dealing, torturous, brutal, and often racist practice of executions in America? This is just one of many reasons why we need to celebrate Christ the King Sunday in America, and I think it could be helpful. Because we need to remember that our first allegiance is to Jesus in his way. You know, I've always been a bit confused uh, by the way Christians get so up in arms about protest. I was very, I've been still thoroughly confused when Kaepernick and many other athletes did a very respectful protest by kneeling during the anthem to raise awareness about very important issues of police brutality and, and racial injustice. They, they were just drugged through the mud, and Christians thought it was the most abhorrent thing they could ever do. It always has confused me, because as Christians, we come from a long legacy, all the way to the very beginning in the early church, of holy troublemakers who understood deep down in their bones that their first allegiance was to Jesus. And that meant that if anything else got in the way of that, they were willing to stand up against it. A long legacy of holy troublemakers who stood up against the powers of their day because their first allegiance was to Jesus and His way. The question I want us to consider this morning, two questions. If Jesus is king, what kind of king is He? If Jesus, the person of Jesus that we read about in the Gospel of Luke, if he is king, then what kind of king would he be? And then the way we answer that question will help us with the next one. What kind of church should we be if this is our king, if this is who we take our orders from, if this is who we follow?
I want you all to spend just a moment thinking about that. And I'll go ahead and invite the worship team to start making their way up to the front. We're going to share communion this morning. And, you know, like I said, Jesus embodied his mission and his message. Jesus was so committed to following the way of God. He was so committed to his path of peace and justice in the world. He was so committed to love and to justice and to goodness and righteousness and all these things that that he got himself into a lot of troubling situations. In Luke chapter 4, after he kind of opened the scriptures and he shared from Isaiah this, this beating heart of the gospel, this mission and purpose statement of good news for the poor. After he, he declared this in the, in the synagogue, the text tells us that the people tried to, to bound him. They were so angry that, that this is what he chose to read. You've got to ask why. I'm not, not completely sure why they were so angry, but they were. And, and they were so angry that they, bound, they wanted to bind him up and throw him off a cliff. This was the very beginning of his ministry. And then all throughout, Jesus continued to bring light into really dark and broken places. And, and some people were overjoyed by that and were set free and transformed. And, and many others were angered and frustrated and dr- they were driven mad by seeing Jesus do this. And this is the one we follow. This is the person that we follow. This is our king. Someone so committed to the way of peace in our world. And willing to do whatever it takes willing to do whatever it takes. And it, and it even took him all the way to his death on the cross. And this is the kind of king we serve, this wounded healer that we sang about. I love that, that language. That idea comes from a Henry Nouwen novel, or a book that he wrote called The Wounded Healer. It's a powerful book. But this is the kind of leader that we follow who's willing to serve and give his life for others. And this is the example that we follow. So if y'all bow your heads with me just for a moment. Lord, we thank you that we don't have to be uh, so confused about the values we ought to hold and the people we ought to love. We don't have to be all that confused about what our priorities ought to be because you've laid it out for us very clearly. God, the thing that I am most grateful for this morning is the incarnation, the, the fact that you decided to, to enter into our world and put on human flesh and live the same life that we live with all its joys and struggles and beauty and pain. We thank you that you lived it and you modeled for us what life ought to really look like. 
And I pray that more of us could catch the vision that you've laid out for us. I pray that more of us, Lord, could have the courage to also embody the heartbeat of the gospel. That more of us could be willing to stand up and say, hey, God, I'm here. I'm going to partner with you in this work. And I want to join you because I, I want to see a better world. I want to see more people's lives changed. I want to see more love and more reconciliation and more coming together and more wholeness and goodness. I pray more of us could catch that vision and have the courage to stand up and say, God, I'm with you. I'm going to join you in your work to see this world redeemed. Because, Lord, you know we need it now. The harvest is plentiful and the workers are few, you said. And the saying is still true today, 2,000 years later. So, God, I pray that we could be counted among, among those who are willing to, to join you in your work of, of love. And we would reach out. And God, I pray that we could begin to see more fruit as we sow seeds of the kingdom. We could see more fruit to encourage us to continue marching on. More fruit because we want to see lives touched. More fruit because we want to see more goodness and love in our world. More fruit because we're tired of the violence and the, the guns and all the stuff that just is tearing apart lives. Lord, we're weeping alongside you this morning. Lord, I pray you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon this bread and juice and on whatever those have at home that they've set aside for this purpose. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon these things and that they would be for us the body and blood of Christ. Fill us up this morning in a fresh way. And I pray, Lord, as we, as we experience you and, and, and whatever crazy mystical way we can be united with you in this practice of communion that Lord we could that our heartbeat would become more like yours that the, the gospel would beat inside of us as well and would drive us and move us in the way that we live our lives and our jobs and our families and our and our travels up in this upcoming Thanksgiving the way we treat one another the way that we just live and operate in this world that we would let that drive us that beating heart that everything we do we would try to do Lord in the way that you you did in the way you continue to work here in and through us in this world God we need you so much we need you so much it's in Jesus name I pray amen I invite you all to go ahead and get out the little wafer on top. Those of you who are worshiping at home, whatever you've set aside for this purpose, you can get that out as well. I encourage you to take and eat. This is the body of Christ broken for you. I encourage you to take and drink. This is the blood of Christ shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. We're going to spend some time worshiping as we close our service. I invite you to uh, just connect with God in whatever way you need to this morning. If you'd like prayer, uh, to pray at the altar, you can come forward and do that. If you'd like me to lift you up in prayer, I'd love to. If God's moving in your heart and you just want to tell someone, God's stirring in me, I'm not sure how, let's talk about it, I'll be over here. Uh, Pastor Tanya's in the back. And 
she'd be happy to, to lift you up as well, and you can go back there if that would be better for you. So let's just spend, spend some time with God as we close our service. I invite you to stand with us for this last song. A thousand times I've failed, still your mercy remains. And should I stumble again, still I'm caught in your grace. Everlasting, your light will shine when all else fades. Never ending, your glory goes beyond all fame. Your will above all else, still my purpose remains. The art of losing myself in bringing you praise. Everlasting, your light will shine when all else fades. Never ending, your glory goes beyond all my heart and my soul I give you control consume me from the inside out Lord let justice and praise become my embrace to love you from the inside out and everlasting your light will shine when all else fades never ending your glory goes beyond all fame and the cry of my heart is to bring you praise from the inside out Lord my soul cries out In my heart and my soul, I give you control. Consume me from the inside out, Lord. Let justice and praise become my embrace. To love you from the inside out. And everlasting your light will shine when all else fades never ending your glory goes beyond all fame and the cry of my heart is to bring you praise from the inside out lord my soul cries out everlasting your light will shine when all else fades never ending your glory goes beyond all fame and the cry of my heart is to bring you praise from the end 
sighed out, Lord, my soul cries out from the end. Sighed out, Lord, my soul cries out from the end. Sighed out, Lord, my soul cries out. Amen. Well, thank you all so much for being here today. My hope is that God spoke something in your heart, stirred something within you. If you're feeling a bit uncomfortable, that, that maybe that's God stirring in your heart. You never know. Wrestle with it. Um, talk to somebody about it. You know, often we, we, good things happen and we, we, God speaks to us and we learn something maybe new from the scriptures. And, and it's sometimes easy to just let that fall out of our minds and we kind of forget about it as we go throughout our week. And, and I think we have to be really intentional to reflect and to, to actually consider, like, what is God leading me to do now? You know, if we're going to be impacted inside of us, then like the song says, it needs to come in us and move inside of us and come out in the way that we live our lives. And so the benediction is basically sending you all out to, to really wrestle and, and live out the things that God does in your hearts while you're here. And so if you all prepare your hearts to receive the benediction, may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace. We'll see you next time.